This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hello, triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the number. It's me Hi. and him. <laughs> oh man, I can't <laughs> wait for this weekend. Uh, only a couple of hours. A couple days away. Yeah, well, for me, a couple of hours. So I'm not going to be no, here tomorrow. A couple tomorrow. days. Uh, not no, going to uh, be here Monday. No, we just called. Screw the, uh, all of y'all. The uh, days uh, off that you had planned uh, been canceled. I knew they have not. Uh, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. I will be in Houston uh, doing lots of coverage for this I know, network. I wouldn't mind going. Either that or not thinking about the network. One of the two things will be happening this weekend. Reporting for the network? Or not thinking about the network. One of the two things will be happening this weekend. No, actually, yeah, Super Bowl. I'm very, uh, I, I will say about 50% of the Super Bowls. I go into with a real rooting interest. Um, you know, as you may know, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. There's only been two times in history where I've had a real rooting interest on that level, uh, both of which I was, uh, I was disappointed in the end. Uh, however, uh, that being said, one of which I was really too young to even remember, but I think that's how I started becoming an Eagles fan. I have no idea. Um, but uh, this year, big rooting interest for me. I am uh, 100% behind the Atlanta Falcons. Are you really? Yes, I do. I am. Uh, and, oh. Now, of course, your son played for the Patriots, so I feel I know, a little and, bit And I, I should root against them. I mean, they're the team that fired him. Well, they're also the team that hired him. I know. I like them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they loved him. And they treated him great. Yeah. And no, they no. did. And, and, and look, they're a great organization. I mean, I, you know, I, there's, there's certainly problems I have with them. They've done some things that are a tad shady here and there. Um, oh, but uh, it, stop I, I, it. That's so not, is every team. Well, I mean, I, that's probably true, honestly. Um, but uh, the Patriots uh, made a, made a, made, taken it to a new art form. Yeah, they um, I will say this. Uh, I, it's not necessarily about Patriots hatred this year for me. I just, I really we'll like. see the Falcons. I, I really like Matt Ryan. I like the Falcons offense. It's yeah. an all-time offense. I mean, it is one of the best offenses that has ever played in the National Football League. They scored, I think, the eighth most points of any team in the league. Um, they had more That's touchdown nice. drives than punts. 
this year, punts and turnovers. More wow. touchdown drives than punt, punts and turnovers combined. But really the only team I, I think that's ever done that previously was uh, um, the, or at least the most recently, 2007 uh, Patriots, who almost won 18-0. That's how good this offense is. Their defense is not great, but it's okay. Um, I really like Matt Ryan a lot, and I like the—I I mean, I just like the t- makeup of the team. It's not the Eagles, but I'm—I'm I'm rooting pretty hard for uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Do you care? Or are you? I—you know what? I—I I really kind of don't. It doesn't. I mean, I like to see. I kind of root for the Patriots because I never have ever since my days in uh, Tampa and uh, rooting against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sure. I cannot bring myself to uh, yeah. root for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's understandable. There's, there is a, well, and that's why you guys always are like, why can't you? I don't understand. Oh, why do you not hate the, the? Why do you hate the Cowboys? Of because course. of that. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm, I'm a root for the Eagles, so of course I hate the Cowboys, yeah, the Redskins, and the Giants. Although I've rooted for the for some of those teams here and there. Um, in fact, the last you can still uh, two, like sure you can still like them from time to time. Yeah, the, okay. last, the last two Super Bowls uh, that uh, the Patriots and Giants played, I actually rooted for one one one. I rooted for the Giants in the year that the Patriots were going to go undefeated because I just didn't want to see an undefeated. See. I didn't want to see them be. I, I don't like. I don't like the Patriots at all. I really hate the Giants more, <laughs> um, but. I didn't want to see the Patriots be like the greatest team of all time and go 18 and 0. It would have been cool to see, but that game was incredible to see. Obviously, at the end of it was, I mean, probably the best ending of any football game in history, yeah. arguably. Um, and then, uh, this, but the second time, I really wanted the Patriots to win because I was sick of the Giants winning. I don't like the Giants winning. I, it, it makes me very angry when they win. Um, and of course, then the Giants won again, just to piss me off. Of course they did. Um, so, uh, but you know, uh, it, it kind of interesting. I, you know, I wish they wish. I tried to figure out a way to uh, make it so that uh, this is just me thinking that I, I want my son to have a Super Bowl ring, and because uh, the year that he played with them, they didn't go to the Super Bowl, but they had a contractual issue. D- issue. Okay. I think I think that if it works out date wise, he could probably get a ring. I'm, look, I'm going back. You're going back. I'm going back. Is he going? Is he? No, he has no idea I'm doing this. But uh, you are a god. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God I had my dad. I'm contacting. I'm contacting his manager, and I'm going to take care of it myself. I got it. <laughs> oh God. I got it. Poor Elvis. I mean, I mean this, <laughs> what he goes through. What he goes through with this guy is, is absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, uh, what's your pick? I, I will say I'm that. Gonna go Patriots. Patriots I, are going to win. You're probably right because a I don't want them to win, which is the main reason teams win. In in life, the main reason teams win is because I don't want them to win. Just Great, so you know, I, mean, that I know I know the Falcons are on their little where the you know hot <laughs> offense and uh, Matt Ryan is uh, geeky looking, but he's still a superstar. But Brady is going to prove his point that he's the best, and let's move on. I mean, he is the best. He's he. It's hard to think of Tom Brady as anything other than the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. And I am not a fan of Tom Brady, <laughs> but I mean, you know, he has done all the things. Like, yes. where Joe Montana had the in- incredibly clutch career and won all the Super mm-hmm. Bowls, um, and Dan Marino or Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls, but uh, Marino won none. But they both put up incredible numbers yeah, and huge. did amazing things. Really, Brady's done both of those things. Yeah, He's won all the Super Bowls and, and put, put up, up the, the numbers. incredible numbers. Um, and obviously, you know, eras change, and you have to look at that. I mean, you know, I, and I still face think, adversity with false accusations. 
Uh, I mean, maybe in some parts of his personal life he's been accused falsely, uh, but I certainly not in the main things that have been controlled in the media. Um, uh, you know, but I still believe Dan Marino is the best passer of all time. It's my personal uh, belief. There's nobody who's ever thrown the ball like him. Although Rodgers is close, he, Rodgers is the only one I can say that's that's actually close as far as pure talent throwing the ball. But I mean, Brady yeah. has won. He's won four Super Bowls. He might be on number five. It's incredible. That being said, I think I think. The Falcons are are well positioned. Yeah, no, no, I don't think it's their year per se. I mean, they are that good on offense, but they're the type of team where the Patri- uh, the, the the Steelers are the exact opposite. Steelers are designed to be beaten by the New England Patriots. Sure, um, sure, it looks that and, way all know, the time. Obviously, it <laughs> wow. did happen. Yeah, no but I mean, kidding. when they're the type of team, they've got a few really unbelievable players. They feed the ball to them constantly, um, and that is the type of team that the Patriots do well against. Uh, a team like the Falcons, I think, have that. I think they've got a legitimate chance. I really see, look at this game as, if, as a toss-up. If they can come out and uh, kind of punch them in the face like they did Dallas right off the bat, you know, and get New England thinking, whoa, hey, maybe these guys are real. They might, they might be able to pull it off. You're saying, well, because uh, they Atlanta beat Dallas by punching them in the face and never looking back. Right. And if they can do that against, uh, uh, you're talking New England, Green Bay beat Dallas in the in the playoffs. Is that what you're? No, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the playoffs. My 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 bad. Yes, I am. But I'm talking about against Green Bay. Yes. Okay. You're right. I said okay. Dallas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But if uh, they can come out and punch them in the face and, and get them on their heels and thinking, hey, we're not, uh, what, what's going on and here? And that's the sort of, I, yeah. I think they could win. And, and it's hard to shut them down because the help, Matt Ryan will go anywhere. He doesn't, right. he doesn't try to feed the ball to a couple people. So right. they've got great talent on offense. I, I mean, that, that team's going to score against anybody. I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it is, it's only a three-point line. Though. Yeah, it's only a three-point line. And you I think that's the, probably right with the, with the experience of Belichick. You got Belichick the big Lady Gaga halftime show to look oh, forward geez. to. That's, that might be one I go to get a snack at. I got to say it. Now, Lady Gaga is oh, no, very talented. Very that. talented. I mean, I, I am not a fan. Um, but, like, she's not like – you might look at her as I did for, for a long time and think, you know – She's wearing ridiculous outfits. She's singing stupid songs. She's making dumb political statements. She's just the typical ridiculous pop star. She's really more than that, and that she's like classically trained musician. Yeah. Like she's uh, a classically trained singer. Um, she's, uh, you know, r- very talented as far as the actual mechanics of singing. I just don't really care, and also don't really like her songs. So. Uh, eh, that seems like one I could skip. That seems like one I could skip. Uh, no, you got, no, but there, it's you'll still, have lights to turn on and stuff. I will. From your little seat. They are this. very specific. When you sit in the seats, the first thing you get is this. Um, there's usually like a, a, like a seat cushion or something. Yeah. And you look in it. And then, Full of stuff. And it has all sorts of stuff in there. And it says, it says, here's your light, and then, but wait for the you screen to tell you, this. don't turn it on until the stupid <laughs> you, screen tells you to shot. do it. You'll be shot. Yes. People get shot at the Super so. Bowl if so they when turn you, the light on. When you're the watching the Super Bowl and you're watching Lady Gaga dance around and, and say God knows what, I mean, I could easily see that one political seat. statement about Trump or something here because she is very, very liberal. I Though, don't know. I don't think if the you NFL. Br- the NFL does not want it. Pepsi but I mean, either. I mean, Pepsi's no. a big sponsor. Pepsi's got the big website going on. I have not looked at it. I will say that if I'm Pepsi, if I'm the NFL, I'm putting a clause in there saying there will be no political statements, yeah, no, I, I think, or you lose half your pay. You know what I mean? Like you well, need to. The thing is, is that she doesn't get paid for it, right? They don't get paid for it. That is so weird. Is that, that true? Is, uh, as far as I know, it is. 
As far as, I've heard that before. That as far as I know, there's those, they talk about how what the bump is as far as the uh, records going up on the charts, uh, what their sales are after the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's a it's a deal that they, you know, most of those artists are happy to make. I don't know that I'd make it. I gotta say, like, I, I don't know uh, that I'd make that. I um, was it last year? Coldplay did the did the halftime show, or the year before? The year before, remember? anyway. I don't know. It was one of the last couple of years. Uh, and Coldplay did the halftime show, and I actually, I actually like Coldplay, um, generally speaking. Um, but they, I didn't think it was a great halftime show. They were not, they're not a no. great choice for a halftime show at a Super Bowl, even though they're, they're actually a better well, rock was, band uh, than you'd think by listening to music. Was that last year? Was wasn't it Beyonce made her big statement? Was that with Coldplay? I don't. Was it Beyonce that made the statement? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that was with Coldplay. I don't remember. I don't remember these things. Anyway, my point though is that. They played Cowboys Stadium this year um, and sold the thing out. I mean, you know, talking about, you know the, whole, the stadium holds like 110,000 at yeah. max. That was, certainly wasn't that crowd because they cut off part of it because of the stage. Still. But still, it had to be 70,000 people there. 60,000, 70,000 people there. And I, I honestly, like, I didn't think Coldplay was at the level where it could sell out Cowboys Stadium. Well, no kidding. Um, but but they did the, coming off that half, Super Bowl. Right, coming off the Super Bowl. Yeah. Picks them up. So, so why not? Right yeah, on. I mean, if you're a band, you want to do the deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course you take it, <laughs> but you know, it's it does seem like a little ridiculous. It sure not does. Some cash for it. It I sure mean, the does. NFL, you know, you can't come up with. I mean, I mean, they're paying all the expenses. They're dumping money into the promotion. They've got a great case, and I'm sure you make your money back times a thousand. Yeah. But it does seem like they should at least, be, I don't know, throw them ten grand or something. 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 A little bit something, you know, for the effort. <laughs> on Groundhog Day, I'm allowed to uh, quote him. Uh, all right, uh, border. Oh my gosh, it is Groundhog Day, isn't it? Today is Groundhog Day, Jeffy. Sorry, Stu. Six more weeks of winter. I just, yeah, I just see I, that uh, the uh, the animals saw a shadow. Yeah, uh, Punxsutawney Phil. Phil. So I'm listening to uh, WCBS News Radio 880 this morning. Now, uh, that if you don't ever listen to that, it's a station I grew up listening to, um, and it, it's just headlines. So it's like. Our headlines in really short stories, and it's great for show prep for me because I, I, even though it's a New York radio station, Still, I like it because they're just listing stories quickly. And then I, I hear one, and I'm like, "Oh, I got to look that one up. I got to read more about that. I got to read more about that." Because it's a great, it's a great way to listen on the way in when I'm getting ready. I listen to it most mornings. This morning, they're like, "Well, there's some disagreement uh, on whether or how much oh, no. winter we're going to have uh, today." Uh, Punks to Johnny Phil said six weeks six, more yeah. of winter, and Staten Island Luke. Said, uh, what? There's a new one? <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is Staten Island Luke? Oh my, did you look that up? We have to find out who Staten Island Luke is. Has anyone know, ever is heard, of heard of Staten There's Island Luke? There's a Staten Island groundhog? No, that cannot be. Right? I swear. I don't know if they were joking. They might have been, it might right? not be Luke. It was Staten Island something. And so that, the Staten Island groundhog woke up, apparently, did the whatever the opposite shadow thing was supposed to happen, and said, ah, winter's over. <laughs> Now, I don't know who to trust in this situation. Well, you trust, you trust Bill, it, Phil, right? I mean, Phil's, Phil's the name brand, you know? Yeah. But what if this is an upstart? We're in a new media world. Maybe Staten Island Luke or whatever the hell his name is came in here and just said, look, I Staten Island Chuck is the name I'm being told. Staten Island Chuck woke up and they like, you know what? I'm shaking on the media. You know, this is like uh, this is like uh, the Internet and, 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 and digital publishers taking over traditional print media. Oh, this is and this is the Staten Island. This is the groundhog that uh, bit the mayor, right? What De Blasio last <laughs> I, year or whatever? I don't know. Now I, I really like Staten Island. Chuck. Yeah, I know. 
Okay, I'm officially, I've converted to a Staten Island Chuck uh, <laughs> for my all my Groundhog Staten predictions. Staten Island Chuck enters his four. Oh, come on. Now. Why don't we do, this is what we should do next year, is just come up with our own Groundhog and just come up with a prediction, and then people will start reporting on it. Why is, why is Staten Island Chuck a news story? And Dallas Doug. <laughs> yeah. And we the just Groundhog in Dallas. Trot out the Groundhog. Let's see what happens. The Texas Groundhog. That's one thing Texas doesn't have is a Groundhog. Speaking for it. That's that's uh, true. Well, we could use uh, the Texas Longhorn Shadow. No, I like the Groundhog. Got to stick with the Groundhog. Oh, hell yeah. It's, it's got to be a Groundhog. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Eh, well, you know what? We blabbed the whole break. Let's take a break and come back on the other side. And uh, first of all, we'll tell you about uh, my Patriot Supply. Now, Groundhog Day, one of my favorite scenes in Groundhog Day is uh, when Bill Murray is sitting at the table. And he orders uh, a bunch of food at the diner. And then he's just like, ah, just keep bringing it. Give me one of everything. And just keeps, he just loads the, the table up. That's what I. That's what I would do on Groundhog Day. He does a lot of stuff. He's killing himself all the time. He's uh, he's trying to have sex with all the women. I just eat. You know, that's all I want to do is eat. I've come to that point in my life. It's pretty much all I want left. That's really all there is to do. This inspiring message is brought to you by my Patriot Supply. Now, my Patriot Supply will give you uh, four weeks of food for only ninety-nine dollars. Uh, you see the deal right here. See, there's pancakes. Look at that. You got some rice. You got some great soups. The soups are really good. Uh, they've got stew. They've got. They've got. You can also get. I don't think it's in the ninety-nine dollar uh, four-week thing, but they have emergency pizza you could order from them as well. There's all sorts of stuff my Patriot Supply has, and the reason they do this is because they want to give you the best product. They want to give you the best opportunity for you to prepare yourself for whatever might happen. You, know, you, got, you got a family to take care of. You got to take some basic steps. If you're like me and you're thinking, well, you know, you don't, might not think ahead. You know, Glenn's always talking about preparation. Pat, oh, no. Pat's been doing preparation before Glenn was. With me, it's like, eh, I, got, I got some. I think I got some leftover. I got a half a burger uh, left in there from right? McDonald's. Uh, that should be, that'd get me through whatever it's needs to happen. It's a styrofoam right? box still. You're fine. Yeah. When you have kids, unless you're Jeffy. You start thinking about being more responsible. And uh, My Patriot Supply can actually help you take care of your family. 888-411-5290. And by the way, the food's really good, too. You wouldn't mind a giant plate like a Groundhog Day table filled with My Patriot Supply food. You'd actually want to eat it. Preparewiththeblaze.com is the address. Preparewiththeblaze.com. 888-411-5290. My Patriot Supply. So, a countdown. Maybe we could start uh, the countdown uh, for two years. Uh, The border wall will be done in two years. Uh, So, start the countdown. Can we get a border wall countdown clock? Uh, Because General Kelly told uh, Fox News he wants the U.S.-Mexico border wall finished in two years. Um, And the good thing was that we can add on there can be border wall slash patents to eat their underwear countdown clock. Uh, because we were, we I prom- love with that. <laughs> you actually I love, in love with that. And I, we did promise. Uh, thank God, we did not promise on the Supreme Court, but we did promise on the border wall. If he can get ninety percent, I think we said ninety percent. We said ninety Might and ninety-five. Have been 95. But whatever, we'll say ninety. I think ninety is fine. Ooh, um, I don't know about that. Maybe it was ninety-five. Was it ninety-five? If it gets close to 90%, you could bet that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Right, we'll have to look back at the I original promise. I think it's 95. Promise. I think it was 95. 95. Okay. But so it doesn't him. matter. Either way. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah. You're right. that's all. He said he was going to do it over the whole border. Um, yeah. Well, uh, he's got a couple of years here. Said he's going to build a wall across the entire border. Now, what we said through the entire campaign is he will. He, there, look at that countdown. That's not really a countdown clock. That's just two years. 
Don't you need a clock? That's a that's a Jeffy cup. It's uh, what we got. Okay, well, that's good enough. On yeah, short notice. Because um, yeah, I say the same thing about Jeffy. Hey, Pat's out. We have Jeffy here. It's what we got. So uh, two years uh, left until uh, the border wall will be built and oh, yeah. maybe we eat our underwear. Uh, any given day, border agents pick up about 600 people on the Mexican border. Uh, the wall will be built where it's needed first, and then it will be filled in. That's the way I look at it, Kelly said. I really hope to have it done within the next two years. All right, well, there we go. We'll see. Uh, Trump got 32 million viewers for his Supreme Court announcement, which is kind of funny because, you know, That's amazing. unless you listen to this show and a few others, you probably did not know Neil Gorsuch's name until uh, Donald Trump kind of stumbled his way through that announcement. I know. Uh, I mean, it really, no one knows who these people are uh, because... That's just not, you know, the way our society operates. And I, and I gave uh, Trump big credit, first of all, for the pick. I think it was a good pick. But second of all, uh, that, you know, it really was one of the most transparent, uh, probably the most transparent way to go through a Supreme Court justice. I really hope this sets a precedent for future presidents when they're running to release a list of a couple dozen uh, that would be the selections. It will be someone on that list. You don't have to give the names exactly in, in front, but I mean, a couple dozen is, is, a, is a completely reasonable thing. Oh, yeah. It gives you room to maneuver. If you find out something bad about one or two of them, you can move to another. You can kind of make a choice. You'll still have a range of options. I really like this, and I really hope it continues. Um, I did not have any faith he would stay on the list, um, but he did. And so we celebrate that here on the program, of course. Uh, Fox News, 7.56 million. CBS 7.97. Yeah, they were saying the final State of the Union for Barack Obama, 31.3 million. Okay, so mm-hmm. he, he beat that. Uh, but he didn't beat uh, the Obama announcement of Osama bin Laden, the death of Osama. No, well, that um, was a huge story, and we didn't know it was coming. I mean, right. uh, you know, that was, look, that's obviously, I mean, without a doubt, uh, number one on the list of memories of President Obama that are positive. Yeah, uh, the best moment of his administration without even any uh, without, without even, there's nothing else that even challenges it. I mean, of course, there is a lot of asterisks on this. I mean, he delayed it for months and could have done it much earlier. It was not the most difficult decision in 500 years, as Joe Biden said. And then he it delayed the, the announcement to make sure that he had the biggest audience. I mean, that it never came. It never came. Remember, they just kept milking the screen, milking the screen. Mm-hmm. We're expecting an announcement from we hear that it might be. We're expecting mm-hmm. we're expecting an announcement. We but, hear that it might be. But bottom line is, uh, he didn't get in the way to stop our military from killing Osama bin Laden. So thank God, uh, because that was uh, that was important. Um, Gorsuch uh, is actually pretty funny. Uh, he's uh, he's, and this is another reason I like him, and I'm I'm partial to this as a, uh, as a multiple New York Times best-selling author, um, co-author of a multiple New York Times bestseller. It's true. I mean, my name's on the books. I mean, Glenn's name's bigger. <laughs> Probably the reason they sold the copies, but I wrote some of it or helped write some of it. Anyway, but I mean, you have your own. You have a book that you've authored. And cliches sold out completely. Uh, cliches, uh, uh, the best, the worst thing since sliced bread. Um, I, uh, that, that sold out every copy. There's no copies that are available. Not one copy available. No, they well, all the ones we printed are sold out. Anyway, so there's, there's those two things that add up to not much. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Gorsuch uh, developed a reputation for being a very skilled writer during his time on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit. He uh, displayed his talent earlier this year when he disagreed with a ruling in favor of an officer who, uh, who arrested and sent to juvenile detention a 13-year-old boy for disrupting a gym class with burping. His dissent began... If a seventh grader start, uh, starts trading fake burps for laughs in gym class, gym class, what is a teacher to do? 
order extra laps, detention, a trip to the principal's office, maybe. But then again, maybe that's too old school. Maybe today you call a police officer. Maybe today the officer decides that instead of just escorting the now compliant 13-year-old to the principal's office, an arrest would be better. Would be a better idea. So out come the handcuffs and off goes the child to juvenile oh, detention. No My colleagues suggest that the law permits exactly this option, and they offer 94 pages explaining why they think so. Respectfully, eh, I remain unpersuaded. Pretty good. Pretty freaking good. Uh, and yeah, probably a good policy as well. Real good policy. Uh, um, now, we also, I will say that uh, I kind of uh, yesterday fell for, uh, 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 you know, the, the bacon story. You did! Because uh, I was upset massively. Uh, that there was going to be a shortage of bacon. We find out today that it's a fake story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also yesterday the media fell for uh, the fake news story uh, blaming Trump ban for Iraqi mother's death. Uh, do you remember uh, various media outlets issued the retractions and apologies? So I'll just say, you know, I'm sorry. Um, there's not going to be a shortage of bacon. And I'm very happy about that. Uh, after spreading a story of a man claiming his mother died because of President Trump's travel ban. Of course. I mean, they quoted the man extensively. He was everywhere. But apparently, uh, of course, they didn't check to see uh, when the mother actually died. And uh, I really believe this is in my heart. If they would have let us in, my mom, she would have made it. And she would have been sitting right here next to me. She's gone because of him. It was everywhere. We saw that, we saw that story everywhere. BuzzFeed ran the story under a headline affirming that the man claimed his mother died. A retraction later added to the article. Huh. It was nice of them uh, when the family's uh, Iman revealed that uh, she had died prior to the ban. Oops. Oops. Um, Sorry, we're just look, claiming that. I would assume over the next three months there will be one of these stories that's actually oh, absolutely. real. Um, and the media will, will run with it. There's um, lawyers you know, waiting, waiting for it at DFW right now. You can't make national policy based on the idea that theoretically somebody could die in a tragic circumstance that you can't see. Uh, remember, the Trump administration, in this executive order, built in exceptions. With the, ex the only exception to this is Syria, but the exceptions to potentially import uh, people um, who maybe sh you know uh, should be allowed in, and they don't understand. Right. Like, they just aren't executing that policy correctly, or at least didn't the first couple of days. Um, you know, they can if there's a certain circumstance, they can let people in, um, but. Uh, you know, the media is going to jump over one of these stories, and it's why it is a dangerous policy. I don't know. The upside is questionable here. I mean, I, I agree with uh, the administration that this is not what the media is portraying it as. It is not. It is not the Trump campaign promise at all. I mean, they're barely related. Honestly, barely related. Um, it's a sensible policy as far as scope. Um, it's not, it's not uh, overreaching. However, I don't know that there's a huge benefit to it. Um, we'll see what happens, but you know, a, three, a limit of fifty thousand is about is about reasonable. It's slightly less than we've been doing, but I mean, you expect that from Donald Trump. He's ran on uh, on that uh, sort of promise. It's really more of a it's a questionable policy in that I don't know that it's going to be necessarily all that effective, but it does limit the risk for a short period of time. Mm. And hey, that's better than nothing. It is better than nothing. That's for sure. Um, and congratulations are in order for. Uh, Rex Tillerson from from here in Texas. Hell yeah, as the Secretary I, I, of State. I think uh, you know Tillerson. I uh, when it, when he was announced as the candidate, 
I was a little torn on him. I'm, I was nervous about his, uh, his role with Russia, his relationship with Russia, but I actually really like the guy. I like ExxonMobil. I think they're a big, uh, a good, uh, a huge employer, obviously, in this country, and yeah. they are bringing uh, what you call civilization to America with their uh, finding of fossil fuels and delivering them to our gas stations. Thank you. Um, I am not, I, I love fossil fuels, huge fan of Exxon, uh, generally speaking. Uh, and I, I think the character of Rex Tillerson is really strong. I mean, everything I've read about this guy is he's a serious person, um, a, uh, a real high character individual, um, and a guy who has a lot of experience that is very, very similar to what you would do as a secretary of state. He just did it in the business world. Right. He, I mean, you know, some article was comparing him to essentially running his own little country. And that's kind of what Exxon is. It's that big. Yeah, no kidding. He's dealing with new world leaders all the time. He's doing deals with them all the time. So a lot of it, I, there's a lot to like on Rex Tillerson. Some of the stuff makes me a little nervous because of the stance of the administration towards Russia. I'm nervous mm. that he might go along with that. But I think he, I much, I'd rather have Rex Tillerson as president than Donald Trump. I mean, I, I, straight out. I, I mean, if I, could, I, if I could choose, I would pick Tillerson over over Trump. Um, I, I think, oh, generally speaking, he's a, he's a really good guy. Um, and, and even I even heard uh, Tim Kaine on, who obviously lost to Donald Trump um, and um, and Mike Pence on TV today, and said he's he voted against Tillerson, I believe. But what he said was, I actually probably would have voted for him for Secretary of Energy uh, or uh, Secretary of Commerce. Like he actually just liked him. He just didn't think he had the applicable experience. Um, and had some issues with him, which, of course, he's a Democrat. He'd understand that. But, I mean, I, I, I like Tillerson as a pick. Yeah, and, I, and I think if I were in the Senate, I probably would have voted for him. And I kind of like the idea that uh, they made a big deal. Another thing that they made a, a, a big, kind of a big deal about was his uh, disdain as, when he was the head of Exxon for the State Department. And I was like, well, that's what he was supposed to be doing because you kept uh, tying his hands every time he tried to do something and bring oil and, and jobs to any place in the world, mm -hmm. and particularly here in America, I thought, okay, good, good, because now even if he, now he's working for uh, the state, I mean, the head of the department that he didn't really like, so he knows the people to get rid of. I like nice that. Day. I want. Oh, that job day. isn't open yeah. anymore. Nope. Generally speaking, and and this does not apply to the military, but generally speaking, I really like when people who want to get rid of agencies run them. One of the first episodes of Parks and Recreation is, 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 is on that. I just remember one of the first things. Because the guy, who's the guy that's like kind of the libertarian on, on the cast? I'm going to apologize. Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Yes, of course, Ron Swanson. <laughs> and one of the first episodes, I didn't really watch that show religiously by any means, but one of the first episodes, he was talking about how he was running the park, Parks and Rec Department and wanted to get rid of all government-related parks. Nice. And like, that was like a joke in the show. Like, look at this idiot. He's running it, and he wants to get rid of them. I completely agree with that philosophy. You want to have somebody who's looking to limit the power of the agency they're running. That is a positive thing. That is not a negative. It's a positive. You want someone who's going to focus on only the most important things that the agency actually tries to do because they think a lot of the other stuff is frivolous. You want them to be looking for the frivolous things. You want them to be looking to eliminate power. You want them to be able to cut budgets and make it so the American people can keep more of their own money. Huh. These are positives. Yeah. Um, and, of course, in Hollywood, it's like a, a funny thing to mock. But I was like, yeah, I actually I like smart. it. I like that. I like it. I like it for that reason. Uh, so I actually like I think like Perry, for example, and, and energy is, yeah. is a good I, I like that. I, I don't. 
you know, we'll see if he does a good job or not. But, I mean, the general philosophy of that, you want someone who knows what the hell they're doing, but also is not looking for ways, to, new ways to get involved in your life. We're looking for ways to pull out of it. Um, you know, and the only, the only really exception I would have for that is, is the actual military, where you don't necessarily want a pacifist running it because you don't want someone who's never going to use the military or never going to, you're going to disarm us and have no, you don't want code pink running the military. That would not work out that well. Uh, because when you needed it, you needed it back quickly. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much there on that one. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the number. I want to come back on the other side and talk a little bit about uh, this Australia nonsense coming from the media, uh, because they are they're going crazy over this Donald Trump call with Australia. We'll tell you the actual truth behind it, because there's some you know parts of this that are not being covered by the media at all, and uh, you need to know. Coming back in a second. Ah, yes, that's the big story today. Uh, really, it's all about bacon, and Jeffy's been talking about bacon and making sizzling noises for most of the show. Um, so hungry for bacon. The second biggest story of the day, I guess, is Australia. I mean, I guess the Berkeley thing was pretty big, too, with, yeah. with Milo Yiannopoulos. Um, and who, and I, I mean, I don't understand that, that whole shtick at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but I, he shouldn't be, obviously, um, uh, assaulted or any of his supporters assaulted. Um, that's obviously completely wrong. And, I, you know, it, while I don't think, you know, his message is a positive one, he, he's still a, his First Amendment rights need to be protected. Um, and this sort of, this is craziness. I mean, the left is doing everything they can to help Donald Trump and people like Milo Yiannopoulos. Now look, uh, some of that's really good, I think. I think it's pushed Donald Trump to the more conservative side because he's just reflexively going away from that, which I think is great. you know, obviously, you know, you know, your your average Breitbart editor likes that sort of um, this sort of stuff. It fuels them. You know, the only reason people know who they are. I mean, the only reason anyone knows who this guy is is because he he takes stands like this and creates controversy. Right. And you know, there's there's a place for that. I, you know, I think a lot of people in the audience they go back and forth on people like this because usually they eventually put their foot in the mouth in the in the wrong way and people kind of turn away from them. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there's those lines are dead. I have no idea. Uh, the other thing was Australia. Now, Donald Trump got on the uh, phone with uh, Mexico and Australia over the past week or so. Both of these things, I mean, the leaks coming out of this government, uh, worse than any president I can remember. Uh, almost everything that happens seems to be leaked to the media. Now, maybe Trump is intentionally leaking things to the media, um, or he's got a lot of people who are not uh, loyal to him and, uh, and, are, and are leaking uh, uh, instead. Which I... both, of the, you know, both of them are questionable. Yeah, it is. But I kind of, I, I got the impression that I kind of think that he is part of it, uh, that he's leaking it. And I think that I kind of get the idea that, remember what we talked about with the with the Supreme Court uh, justices where he leaked the last three or the last three got leaked or yeah. whatever. And we were, and like, we we were thinking someone, that yeah. he would you know, pull in a wild card uh, just to show the media that they were wrong. Yeah. I think he's setting them up for that. Maybe. Uh, I maybe. He's setting them up for I that. wouldn't be surprised at all. And, uh, you know, the guy does know the media. He certainly knows how to win the media battles. He's been winning them for, you know, a couple of years. Um, now, what we're hearing from the media today is, did we get into a fight with Australia? Uh, why won't we take their refugees? It's so terrible. Can we look just a step deeper? Uh, ask the next question for once. 
Why are we supposed to take their refugees? What led to this controversy in the first place? If you missed it, Donald Trump said, we're not going to take this bad deal from Obama. We're not taking these refugees, or at least I'm going to look at the deal. The, the argument with Australia apparently revolved around an issue where uh, Australia said, you made this deal and you need to hold to it. And, uh, you know, Trump doesn't want to do it. Uh, it would violate his uh, executive order, uh, although it technically wouldn't because there was something in there that indicated if you had a previous agreement with an international, uh, international power, you could still take the refugees. I think, you know, there's something in there that gets him out of it. But Obama made a deal. This is the history of it. Obama made the deal to take these refugees from Australia when he was still president. Why? Why are there refugees coming from Australia? Is Australia torturing people who need to flee? Uh, is there a crocodile Dundee situation with the, with the, the, this is a knife guy and he's like torturing refugees? No, that did not happen. It's a bunch of people fleeing to Australia. So why doesn't freaking Australia just take them? Well, that's because Australia's policy dictates that any refugee attempting to arrive by boat shall never step foot on the mainland. Huh. They are detained on offshore islands. And if they are legitimate refugees after the screening process, they are then eventually processed and must go to another country. They have to make an arrangement with another country. They don't bring them into Australia. Even after they are cleared by Australia, they still can't go to Australia. <laughs> the media is bashing Trump and claiming his refugee policy is too stringent. As written, at least, it's a temporary ban from seven countries and then a cap at 50,000 per year. The Australian refugee policy, as it relates to water arrivals, is a ban on every country with a cap of zero. Hmm. None of this is meant to bash hmm. Australia. They've done great work, as Glenn pointed out today, with the Nazarene Fund, and they were being overwhelmed by refugees on their shores. The only sensible thing for them to do was to take steps to protect their national interest. But that's the same thing we're doing. We have millions of illegal immigrants, as well as a top spot on the terrorist wish list. We have to be careful. However, somehow we're supposed to believe that our hesitance to take on refugees from Australia makes us xenophobic hate mongers, when the only reason that we would need to take refugees from Australia is because Australia has a more restrictive policy than we do. It's a bunch of nonsense from the media, and it's what we've come to love and respect from them. Isn't it, Jeffy? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love the idea that uh, uh, we're just going to rip the heck out of Trump uh, over the Australia deal, only their, uh, their policies are worse than ours. I, I love that. They are. I mean, come I mean, on now. And I don't even, worse isn't and, even the right word. I, I, it's, it's sensible. They, they were having a major issue with tens of thousands of people showing up showing on their up. shores in boats. And walking out of the mainland and getting... Uh, here we are. Yeah, here we are. So what they say is they catch them in the water and they bring them to an island and they say, you can't ever come. <laughs> now, that is a sensible response when you have an overwhelming problem like that. However, it should be seen as hate monger, hung hate mongerish by the people in the media. Yes, it should be. Instead, they are using it as something to make Trump look bad, which again, as we've said over and over again, and I know you're on this bandwagon as well, Jeffy. Not, I was not a fan of Trump. I don't think I'll ever get to the point where watching him make speeches and make arguments for things is going to bring me any pleasure. I don't think so either. I, I don't I'm like it. I don't, I don't like his attitude. I don't like the way he says things. I don't like his uh, his lack of general ability to <laughs> speak. <laughs> his grasp 
on the English language is tenuous. <laughs> However, if he does good things, we will come in here and say he's done good things. I, if he does things that help the country, we'll come in here and say he does things that are he's doing something that helps the country. If he does it passes a terrible trade deal that makes us uh, enter into a trade war with another country and you know jacks up the price of bacon, well, you know whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, now you're now you've stepped too far. It could happen, Jeffy. There were Although be we just Im- impeachment proceedings going on right then. If that happens, I'll tell you that. <laughs> By the way, I saw a poll today. Something like seventy percent of Democrats say that Trump should be impeached already. It's like seventy percent for what? Now, stunningly, three percent of Trump supporters say she should be impeached already. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those people? What? Uh, but what a weird. I, you know, it's so partisan. It's I'm almost willing to. I, I'm almost willing to. Uh, I think we we would end up. Uh, at least I would. I think I would end up uh, liking Trump more president trump more if he didn't speak and i just had to follow him on twitter just go by the tweets so just because every time every time he comes out and i mean because i like a lot of a lot of his uh brashness it feels good yeah but when he does it when i see him do it doesn't work for me just the way he talks. Yeah, he's just, I like the, the person who's really well-spoken. And again, just, I'm not I saying know, that I am by any means. No, I like cool. people, though, that sound and feel smarter than Jeffy. And that, you know. That ain't too hard. It's a, it's a low hurdle to clear, but uh, Don doesn't always clear no, I mean, it. Wait, I was going the other. What? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I, whatever whatever <laughs> analysis you had was the one I was looking for. Triple eight seven twenty seven beck is the number. Um, if you like Jeffy and you want to hear more from him, you're in luck. Oh, because no. the next segment is what? called the Jeffy segment. And we'll be back with that in just a moment. I guess I better look up something. I think you have to look up something. It's your I segment. Think we it's were going to have one today. What do you mean? We have it every I'm, day. I'm closing the show. Why do I need a segment? Well, because you're in, you, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, thank you. I mean, but any day, really. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Mm. I miss that lovely voice, that beautiful singing voice, uh, still absent from the program. Hopefully next week uh, he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I don't want him to be sick forever. I mean, just because you miss him doesn't mean he's. We we all miss him. Uh, Groundhog Day is today, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about. I said something earlier about um, uh, Mayor De Blasio uh, got getting bit by uh, the groundhog in New York, Staten yeah. Island, Doug. Mm-hmm. No. I knew that there was a story about uh, De Blasio and and, and uh, Doug, Staten Island Doug, but uh, De Blasio actually kind of killed the one. Yeah, that was the I, story. I did not remember the story. And he has not. He has not. He dropped him a couple years ago. It was a her, and, I believe. And then, uh, uh, what, what? No, it can't be. It's I think it was. Stew. It was ground the groundhog's girlfriend. The, oh, it wasn't actually. At least according to the to the uh, to Twitter. Um, people are saying that it was he killed the groundhog's girlfriend. So, uh, as uh, one of the guys, Ben Castleman tweeted, um, okay. "This is my favorite, uh, my favorite beginning of a story of all time." Um, her shadow was one of the last things she saw. <laughs> <laughs> what a great lie! <laughs> but yeah, the groundhog that escaped Mayor De Blasio's grasp during Staten Island Zoo Groundhog Day ceremony died a week after its fall. Yeah, so it is. And, it is her. And so then the next year. Uh, he came and they put some plexiglass between them. And now the last two years, he hasn't showed. De Blasio doesn't even come to it anymore. So they're, trying, they're saying no. that he might be putting, trying to put an end to uh, Staten Island Doug. It's not it's Chuck. It's Chuck. It's not Doug. 
Or Chuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, okay. Why do I want to? Doug is ours. No, we don't. <laughs> Dallas Doug is ours. <laughs> Like that. <laughs> so it's Groundhog Day anyway. And, you know, you know, everyone, I was talking to someone earlier today that said they had never seen Groundhog Day. I, I actually, like, that's a, a line of whether I will be, ever talk to you. Like, I, I, Now, most people would say, well, that means I'll always say I've never seen Groundhog Day, which I understand. But, it, I, like, to actually have a relationship with you as a human, I think you have to have seen that movie. S- right? Right? It's that good. Come on. I mean, I mean, it is one of the best movies of my lifetime, I think. Honestly, it's that good of a movie. Don't you think? You're not on I that mean, level with it? I don't know, I, that, I don't I, know that it's I, the greatest movie ever, but I've got to tell you, I will say that, you know, it does seem like it's a, a, the, uh, I mean, it made Groundhog Day. Yes, right? I mean, that's I mean, not... I mean it, it made this holiday what it is, I'll tell you that. Yeah, because people think less about whether it's going to be winter and think more of the repetition of the days right. and the, the things. Yeah, I, yeah that's, I think that's true. I mean, but ask, when Pat comes back, you talk uh, on Monday, uh, when I'm not here, uh, you can have a conversation with uh, Pat about Groundhog Day, and he will tell you he believes it's one of the best movies he, of his lifetime. Glad to make a point of saying you're not going to be here. It's because Monday. I'm, we're, back, I'm cherishing, we're back from the weekend. I it's, am cherishing life. That's why. We're back from the weekend. But what, what would Groundhog Day be without a clip from oh, nice. the movie? Ah, uh, yes, let's Bill see. Murray. Then put your little hand in mine. Oh, that song by the end of that movie. Then put your <laughs> God, I love it. I want to watch it again now. I know. Uh, it's a classic. I know, I do too. And, and you know, I heard someone uh, on the, the feed, uh, I read someone on the feed talking about, if I owned a radio station today, I would play Sonny and Cher all day long. And I thought, you know, that'd be funny for about an hour. You know, about it's funny. We hour. did, I think you were there for this. You had to be. We did it, I think it was in Tampa, where on Groundhog Day, we started the every single break with what they say after that song. So you have like, you know, I got you, babe, and then it comes out and they're like, uh, it's, uh, it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is it, Miami Beach? Not hardly. That whole rant. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? And we did it the every single break and every single break. I, I can't remember. We had some gimmick where like either. slowly over the show, the next thing we did improved like it started out like we bombed the bit first time and then it got slightly got better, better and then by the last time we got it right it was a lot of effort and i don't think anyone cared at all but i like it got as it. a memory yeah, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> as a memory it's one of those things yeah. that like radio people remember positively oh, but the audience is like eh, that was i get what they're doing right two people at a car lot with i love that yeah exactly somebody <laughs> liked it out there and that person is well that's actually me that's pretty much it <laughs> It'll be cold out there today. Cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Not hardly.
I am told in my ear as we come back on the oh. air, as if it would not influence my day, that we have pie today. Now, you may have been here last week uh, at this time uh, for the very tragic departure of myself, which normally is not tragic at all. Most people cheer it on. We cheered it then. I don't know Even, what you're talking about. Most people, uh, what was different about that? Well, day, the only thing that was different was the reason for the departure, which sadly was my dog passing away in the middle of the show, which really freaking sucked. <sighs> And uh, on top of that, on top of that sucking, uh, we were about to start a, a segment in which I ate a lot of pie. Well, first there was a segment in which we got to see Jeffy get pie in his face, uh, which didn't, uh, by the way, did not, I, I did watch it back, did not work out well. I mean, you lost and barely got hit with it at all. It was a real disappointment because I wanted to see you go through something tragic and terrible as well. Well, your partner in crime, Pat Gray probably making me sick from his germs, rubbed it in my face. That's good. So, I mean, he made it count. At least we got that in there. Uh, but after that, we were supposed to eat pie from Emporium Pies, and I and, missed and, out on and it. And we did. Yeah, you did. It was uh, very, but I was very we disappointed. And because there was extra pieces that I was going to eat, and it seems like they were all eaten. I don't know who. I got news for you, Stu. There were no extra pieces. <laughs> I don't know where you get this so, extra pieces. <laughs> So today we have a spoon segment in which they, because they're being nice to me and they feel bad for me, let's be honest about it, they're bringing back Emporium Pies. Um, it's my favorite pie place around here. Good. Uh, really good. If you want to order a pie, a I'm call. sure they sell them online. They're really That's freaking really good, good pies. Call. There, um, were, there were two or three that were outstanding. 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 Um, so what do we have? To, what kind of pies do we have today, Marissa? Do we know? All of them? Okay. All right, we've got uh, new sp- oh. The new spring, oh, the spring pies line is up from Emporium Pies. Wow, they they put the spring line out before Phil saw his shadow. Uh, oh yeah, uh, well they they winter, do go so. on the Staten Island Chuck uh, timeline, okay. so it's okay. All right. So that's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, let's uh, start here with uh, the Super Bowl. I will be uh, leaving here momentarily to go to the Super Bowl as I do every year. This Man, I'm so, I tell you, go ahead, Stu. This will be my twelfth Super Bowl. Uh, I figured that out today. 12th. Well, I would have bet more for some reason. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've got to say, it's now it was a, so it's been 11 in a row, and there was one earlier one, um, and that earlier one was the most tragic of all Super Bowls, in which the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New England Patriots, which is part of the reason why I hate them so much. The Eagles, me too. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, George H. W. Bush will be there now. George H. W. Bush coming off of a. Uh, yeah, hospital stay. Hospital stay, just being released, is going to be there to toss the pregame uh, coin. Barbara's going to be there too. Um, Barbara will be there. Roll them both out. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nice, right? I and, mean, yeah, I, I was uh, uh, Goodell. I heard an interview with him saying that he was, uh, you know, he was happy, and he called him after the hospital stay and uh, said, "Hey, still want to do this? We still want to do this? Are you okay?" Yeah. And they were both fired up. They wanted to do it. That's so. great. They'll have big smiles on their face. It'll be cool. And they'll get a, a warm applause. Oh, I mean, he, in Houston? Yeah, first of oh. all, in Houston. Second of all, um, and, you know, a lot of people from outside Houston are going to be there. I think even if you had um, um, a... Uh, well, that's true. The Super Bowl crowd is a little bit different. Yeah, but. yeah totally. I mean, it's mostly people from yeah. outside the city. Um, the uh, If George W. Bush was there, I think he'd still do fine. Um, but, you know, I, the warmness for George H.W. Bush is, I think for Democrats, he's seen as sort of a... A not, uh, um, he's not seen like yeah. Reagan, who was really effective for conservative values. And he's not seen like Bush, who's sort of seen as the devil. Certainly not seen as Trump. 
Um, oh, he's close. seen as like the nice guy of the group, of the Republican presidency that you can remember. He's still alive. And he um, said he would vote for Hillary. Uh, he did actually. Uh, well, we don't know that no, for sure, but it was reported. I and I, I think, know. honestly, it's probably true, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, it probably is. Absolutely uh, true. They were no fans, but they've been very gracious to Trump since the election. And, and I think they deserve some credit for that. Um, uh, he uh, so they're going to be there. Um, another guy who's pretty excited about, uh, you know, because sometimes people say, well, I'm going to have a beer. What, what could possibly what good could come out of that? You know, maybe I, I drink and drive. If I drink too much, maybe uh, I have bad health effects. Maybe I do something um, that I shouldn't have done. Well, this guy uh, had some positive uh, outcomes from this, oh, didn't nice. he, Jesse? A Wichita, Kansas man. Yes, he won Bud Light sweepstakes awards for Super Bowl tickets for life. For life, man. Think of that. That's what I need. Now, that's a beer worth drinking right there. Oh, yeah. Bud Light. I know. I'm Bud Light. You know, it's Over it's the holidays, beer. Lyle Randa ran out of a 30-pack of Bud Light. And, man, do I hate it when the 30-pack runs out. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> as he was stocking cans from the pack in the fridge, he noticed one was gold. The meaning he was eligible for Bud Light Super Bowl tickets for life. I'll oh, see they. Yeah, that I sucks. See, I know. Yeah, I know. I, they're saying there's 37,000 gold cans. So you've got I mean, a gold can. You think you have a chance to win? Well, you do. You do. I know. That's kind of, I mean, that's a good contest, and I, I get it. But it just seems like it'd be worth more than the gold. Anyway, it is pretty cool though. Yes, uh, he got it. 37,000, right? Entries, what's the odds? One in 37,000. Rest of his life, I had no idea that an ordinary Bud Light would change my life. It's changed so many lives. So many come true. for the worse. And then this <laughs> sure. one for the better. <laughs> uh, but it's, had, it's certainly led to many fun nights in my life. Uh, so I, 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 That's fantastic, though. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. That, that's, a, that's a good contest. That's a good one to win. It's a good one to win. Super Bowl tickets for life is a freaking nice prize right there. That's a good one to win. I don't care where you're at. I don't care if they sit you up in the rafters. I mean, you're in there. Yeah. Because that's a tough tough ticket to hold. As a man who's been looking at the get-in price of the Super Bowl quite a bit recently, yeah, that's worth some cash. I mean, I I talked to someone today who knows someone that's going down to the Super Bowl to cover, you know, some of the events and everything. And, uh, and as we well know from last year, we covered the Super Bowl breakfast, and we'll be doing that again this year. Uh, yeah, you can watch it on Sunday. Uh, yeah, make, it it happens on, on Saturday, and then it airs on, on Sunday. On the yeah. Blaze, yeah. Um, it's, it's really, if you're a football fan, by the way, not to cut you off, Jeppy, that is a, man, that is a fun freaking I event. I love I that. Um, you know, you want to talk about really smart guys last talking year's old great. school if football. It's on demand anywhere. Oh, man. I don't know if it is. I have to go look. That was well worth it. I mean, those guys just going up telling war stories, basically. And it was so, if you love football like I do, and, you know, you, you used to spend. All of us sat there at that table just watching, listen to those guys. Man, it was great. And I got to admit, like, I, the Super Bowl breakfast, for me, um, was not, an, not, a, not initially an easy sell because – a, I'm at the Super Bowl. I likely the night before I'm going to stay up very late and drink many of the Bud Lights you just saw. Huh. Uh, so the, the morning is not easy for me on Super Bowl weekend. Um, and the thing starts at 8 a.m. And I was like, well, this is probably going to be cool. They'll have some celebrities kind of trot out there and accept awards, and that'll be yeah. it. And it's like, well, you know, that'll be fun, but I, I'm, you know, whatever. It's not like that. It's it's these guys just getting. You're talking about some of the best football players of all time. Yeah, the icons going up there telling behind the scenes stories you've never heard, stories about uh, you know great um, Super Bowls from the past. Uh, you know the way they used to bust on their teammates, uh, how things broke down in the huddle on on plays that are, are, are historic. I mean, it was 
I mean, if you you gotta love football, but man, if you love football, that is a really fun thing to watch. It was really good. Great, we had a great time at that, and uh, and you know, just to watch those guys talk, t- tell those stories was so so fun. And you know, I, this comes from a guy who used to watch, you know, when I was a kid, every single half hour yeah. Super Bowl review from one <laughs> in order all the way up to whatever one we were, whichever one we were at, because I wanted to make sure I watched them all up in to date. order. We're up to date. We know what we've got. I was we know where we're at. Know, I, so I'm not big of a fan, but it was it was it was really fun. Which brings us uh, back to the point of we were there doing that and didn't have tickets to the game. It's it's a hard so it's a tough look, ticket to get, man. It is work. Uh, you know, I have this is now uh, 12 years I've gone to this will be the 12th year I go to the Super Bowl. The first year uh, we were season ticket holders of the Eagles, so we were able to buy one at Facebook. Who is it? And go. First of all, I mean, really, who is? Well, it? Season I, tickets I, to the we, I lived, you know, a half hour from the stadium, and you know, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, so still I still holding I, those. Uh, no, no, we, they're gone long, long time ago. Oh, I don't really? live there anymore. I live in Texas. So what? What am I going to do with freaking? Just sell them? Yeah, you still be the holder. It'd be part of the deal. I know. I've, I actually are you have a drunk. What are you? No, talking I have about? A, somebody that lives in Tampa. A friend of mine lives in Tampa. He is on the list, and we'll get them as soon as they come available. Season tickets to the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants. I mean, he's been waiting to get the phone call, and, and he lives in Tampa because he just he wants to be able to have them and hold them. I'll just buy the tickets to the games I want to go to. That's what I do. So that year, I got them that way. I've had a couple years where I've lucked into them uh, very, very cheaply to maybe $0 a couple of years. Uh, uh, then a couple of years, or uh, most of the years, I've had them right around face value because, you know, we're in the media and there's always some contact that's selling their ticket or whatever, and you're able to get something uh, halfway decent. There's been a couple of years where it's been full out breakdown, go to the open market and pray, and Ooh. those have not been fun. Uh, but overall, the price has been, you know, a, a little bit above face value, but not, or maybe not even. I guess with the free years, maybe not even. Well, when the um, Super Bowl was in Tampa and I was at the game on, uh, you know, with my press passes and stuff, I was looking oh, for you. I was and, so uh, pissed at that. We I were at the game. We're down there. The Super Bowl in Tampa. <laughs> I'm down there with three of my friends. We, that was the year. That was the first year we had complete breakdown of the uh, ticket market. connection system. We were on, like calling ticket agents being like, do you have any tickets left? All the way up to the morning, and it was one of those day, games where usually what happens with ticket prices like this and these events, and a lot of people have figured this out, so it doesn't always happen anymore, but the, the tickets are you know, a certain price. The teams get announced. They, they go up because everybody from those sure. two cities goes to try to buy them. Then over the next two weeks, they slowly, slowly trickle down, and they bottom out three or four days before the game. So the way to go buy those tickets is three or four days before the game. You trust that that's going to happen, and right. then you try to buy them. So almost every Super Bowl I go to, I don't tickets have tickets when I leave. I mean, you just go there and you get them when you're there. You just, it's, you know, my wife. Every time I tell her this, she just gets freaked out because it's like she I, has she's a planner tickets, yeah. and she can never deal with this sort of. It's it's chaos at times. So the Tampa year, for whatever reason, it didn't do this. So there were no tickets. We're talking like get in prices through the roof. Like we we it was way over our budgets to get in. Um, and we were like, this isn't going to happen. Like, we were like, th- what's going to happen here is we're just going to go to, like, I don't know, a restaurant and, and, and have a fun Super Bowl party. Uh, and that's it. Like, there's going right. to be no Super Bowl. We're not going to see it. We're going to watch it on TV. We're in the city. We're going to watch it on TV. And so the last minute, a couple tickets opened up that were right around where we wanted to go. It was seriously like we... We got a ride, uh, a taxi or something. Yeah, the game, the game was already started. We or well, pretty close, close right? Yeah. yeah. We, I, so we ha- we're walking by the stadium 
the the ticket the ticket agent was a mile and a half from the stadium. I had to by myself run from the stadium to this ticket agent, pick up the tickets, run back, and again, there was a little walking involved. I'm not <laughs> capable of walking running three miles at any point in my life, let alone now. Uh, ran back, got the tickets, walked through all the security, sat down during the national anthem. That's how close we cut that there one. There you go. That was stress. Especially when you're depending on me running. That is not something you want to do no, um, oh my for your entertainment. If well, it is pretty entertaining If you were planning watch. on me, you wouldn't have got the tickets. <laughs> no, I, I ain't running. Seriously. <laughs> you got to run. We all no, looked I at, don't. And then I remember the conversation. It was like everyone looked around at each other like, who's the person who could run and, and make it? And I was the choice. That's how bad so that's that crowd bad. was. <laughs> you want to talk about a disaster? Like, you look like you're the one that can run three miles uh, best out of all of us. It was not pretty, but for the Super Bowl, you do that's it, right? Hilarious. I mean, yeah, you, you, you make to. it happen. That's why you did. Man, if that were me, think of, the, think of the, the crowd. If I were ever picked out of a crowd like that. To be the one. To Holy run. crap! There would be you, and the only thing it could be is three clones of you, because well, you wouldn't beat anybody else. <laughs> uh, so uh, bad lip reading. The guys over there did a, you know, they they do these. These are really funny. I think. They sure. Um, are. And this one is the uh, NFL. They did one for the NFL 2017 season. Let's watch. This wall is magical. You can't touch me. <laughs> my neck. My neck. You play for the devil. I got books on this show. But who reads? Yeah, I hear you. Your books are terrible. My gland scraped a pipe. I never said who pushed dad. Gurton, Gurton, Gurton. When you die, I'll be outside. Your tongue is ashy. I don't think that's possible. Your dog is so dang ashy. It's ashy. Dude, it's ashy. It's ashy. Somebody took the nickels out of my dang locker. You hear what I said? Every one of you guys is now a suspect, okay? Smurfs. <laughs> you pay for this in Odin's name. I normally can't go outside. What is up, my friend? You know what's so funny? Tattoos. I want to go find a better bag. Ezekiel <laughs> <laughs> Elliott was tremendous. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of how I picture his voice, too. I don't know why. Really? I think they nailed it. Uh, actually, there's a little bit more. Let's watch part two. What was your most awfulest date? It was in the rainforest. I went there a couple of times because I was in love. <laughs> and I found this perfect place. And uh, then I built a wicker hut for us. But the platform was kind of frail. And it broke when she was in there. And you could hear her sobs. I mean, it was a really silly way for her to die way out there. That's a pretty awful day. Yeah. Bro, I can't handle your face. What is your great face? Oh, dog, because your face looks like you got dirt in your mouth. All right. Yeah, I grew up in South Park, Ohio, where snakes don't bite on you. Yeah, I think we can let go. But I don't want to let go yet. Okay. I just want to stay right here, Yeah, you know, well, because it feels really nice. I was thinking, you know, I might need to leave. <laughs> there you go. Uh, funny. All right, Triple uh, back is the phone number. I really just want to get to pie. So let's take a break. The, the faster we take commercial breaks, the faster we get to pie. We'll be right back. No commentary at all, you're just... I've got a break, so the faster we get the break, the faster we get the pie. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. Super Bowl right around the corner. Annual Super Bowl tradition is known as Media Day, which they actually changed to Super Bowl Opening Night this year. I don't, I don't know why. 
Um, I guess I mean media day is not sexy, and they so they no, put it, it is now opening night. So it's now at night. It's a primetime event. You can watch it. I think on NFL Network. Yeah. They do all the interviews. Um, but there's a list of the uh, for mental floss the dumbest questions of all time. Uh, here we go. Uh, Super Bowl uh, media day. A Japanese reporter. Again, this is a Japanese reporter who might not know the sport. I don't know if it's stupid, uh, but you should probably know who you're talking to. Uh, was speaking to uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana from the 49ers and uh, asked him, tell me, why do they call you Boomer? <laughs> um, well, they don't. Uh, Boomer Esiason was the quarterback for the other team. <laughs> you should absolutely know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, Joe handled that pretty well. He could have he been, a, you know, he been a, a really mean guy. He could have been a jerk about yeah. it, but no, he was yeah. cool. I mean, Joe Montana handles everything with, uh, with class. Uh, someone asked Tennessee Titans defensive tackle Joe Salvo, what's your relationship with the football? To which the answer would say, I'd say it's strictly platonic. That's <laughs> a good answer. Well, that's not a dumb question. It's just a good answer. It's a relationship with the football. Right, I suppose that's true. Uh, Media Day is where like St. Louis players... I you should get a football out here and show everyone what your relationship with the football is. You don't want to see that. Media Day is where a St. Louis player found himself pondering the grammatical conundrum contained within the question, is ram a noun or a verb? Speaking of rams. I, by the way, think it's a noun because you, to pluralize it is the issue. They're rams. I mean, you, you wouldn't pluralize the verb like that. Okay. Right? So I'm going to go with it's a noun. This is a stupid question. Next, Jeffy. See? Speaking of Rams, uh, Rams quarterback uh, Kurt Warner, do you believe in voodoo, and can I have a lock of your hair? That's nah, a joke question, though. That's not a, a stupid question. This is a joke question. Uh, uh, you wouldn't take a lock of Kurt Warner's well, hair? Well, I would, yeah, but, I mean, obviously. Okay. Uh, how about, uh, you remember downtown Julie Brown? Remember her? I do. Yeah. Actually, sadly, I do. Yeah, from, uh, there, that was a weird crew. Uh, you remember you had, like, uh, was, Ed Lover, she, yeah, Dr. She, Dre and Ed Lover. She showed up in St. Petersburg when I was in Tampa Bay for a number of times, too, yeah. for protests. And, and it was odd, weird. Weird, but oddly, um, one of that crew, one of the members of that crew, really has made quite the career for herself, uh, Kennedy, who is now on Fox Business hosting her own right. show, who was kind of a 90s, like the 90s alt uh, MTV years, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, she uh, she's on she does she's a libertarian and, and does a show on Fox Business. Um, Kurt Loder is also a libertarian. If you remember him from MTV News for all those years, right? Um, he's also a big libertarian. Uh, it's, a, it's strange Weird. what came out of that era. Um, downtown Julie Brown, however, was on MTV. Uh, asked Dallas running back Emmett Smith, "What are you going to wear in the game Sunday?" Uh, that would be the uh, the uniform. That would be the answer to that. Well, you don't know what kind of T-shirt he wears underneath or. He wears nylons or he doesn't wear nylons. How are you not on this list? That's the dumbest <laughs> question. How are you not on it? <laughs> Ask how he got psyched to play the big games. Buffalo's great running back Thurman Thomas sniffed and said, I read the newspapers and look at all the stupid questions you all ask. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a, <laughs> this is mean. But most of the time, you know, the thing is, is that you've got to, especially now with it being the opening night and everything, I mean, you have to, uh, the NFL treats this pretty big deal. Uh, with the press. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, stupid questions and all, you got to take it. You take it, you answer it. Yeah. You don't become, I mean, you just, 
you... You don't show up, you get fined, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. and you, you know, look, you be respectful and you say, you know, obviously it's a stupid question. You answer, you know, some kind of little funny ha-ha, smart-ass smart answer, but no... I'm not going to answer that. You're stupid. Yeah, well, none of that stuff, man. Uh, Marshawn Lynch that. walked that line and and walked it on the wrong side many times. Yeah, he just wouldn't answer or wouldn't show. He eventually seemingly landed on. Um, I'm just. Uh, I'm. I. I don't know. I'm just here because I, I. So I don't get fined. He just kept saying, "I don't know. I'm just here so I don't get fined." He just said that to every question. Which is almost kind of. I mean, I think uh, it's. A, I, look. The hell you think? I mean, yes, I get that your job is to score touchdowns, but you know this is a freaking entertainment product. Yeah, that's what you're in. You know, and I'm sorry. I would that- find him for that. I would find him for. I'm just here to answer. I don't get fined. You know what? You're gonna get fined. For right. that. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. I mean, I, I think like I remember when Chip Kelly was was uh, coaching the Eagles uh, for those three years. You know, I actually liked him as as a coach. I mean, the team was over 500 with him as a coach, um, but. He, he was such a jerk to the media for no reason. Why? I don't understand it. I mean, like, you know, it's one thing. Bill Belichick a lot of times will not give you anything. But it's another thing to just be, like, snide and, and, and a wise-ass, and not in a fun way. Like, you know, some people are wise-asses in a fun way. Like, you know, they make fun of They have a good relationship with the reporters. They'll bust right. on them. It was just him. Just He was just constantly a jerk in every press conference and did everything he can to never give anything interesting and also be a jerk to everybody. So, you know, that's, no one liked NFL him. NFL chip. And that's how you get fired when you have an above 500 record. Right. Because everybody can't stand you. You know, I mean, you'd know this. Is it pie yet? Uh, yes. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, phone number. Let's uh, break for pie. Back in just a second. Pie break. Wait. Pie, 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 pie. It's pie time. Um, very yes. excited for this Emporium Pies uh, of Texas. This was one of your better calls. Yeah, this is a good one, here. isn't it? I, better I, calls. I, there's a lot of things uh, that I'm really stupid about, but pie <laughs> is not one of them. Um, this is uh, the great pie shop. In, I think it's just in Texas. I don't know where else it is. That's a good point. I know there's one. In, there's a few cities around here. If you're in Texas, there's one in Dallas. There is one in McKinney. I don't know where else they are. Um, but uh, the pie is really good. They put in a nice little package. I guess you can order them probably from all around the country if you would like. And they have a new line of spring pies out today. And, of course, obviously we're going to try them because we're fat. Um, so let's <laughs> And because the last time Stu wasn't here. I wasn't here. That's right. I had to, to bail. So I have, uh, let's start off with Lord of the Pies. This is the one of their famous this pies. This is the big apple pie, The big right? apple pie right here. Okay. Um, it is this a, was pretty good last time, but it wasn't. Um... You almost would say, like, it's weird that you need to try it again. If you've already tried it. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That is a good apple pie. That is actually better than the last time. I gotta say, first of all, apple pie, number one restriction, you absolutely have to have the crumb on top. It's the most important part of the pie. But this is a damn good apple pie. You know anybody that puts cheese on top of it? No. Uh, No. I had a, a stepfather. Wait, did that? Yeah, you're going to go more of the apple one? Well, I'm talking about it. Oh, oh okay. I'm talking about apple pie with cheese on it. Now, All right, we got to hurry. we got a bunch here to get through before we have a great clip of uh, Glenn coming up talking with David Barton about slavery and all the truth behind that. You need to see this here in a few minutes. All right, all right. Uh, Blue Steel is the next one. 
Uh, flaky all butter pie crust with flesh, fresh blueberry um, filling with notes of lemon, cinnamon, and vanilla. Oh, so here we go here. So a blueberry pie, but it's got a little minute, a little got some extra touch of flair. Oh mm. yeah. Oh my god. That is, I mean, that's outstanding. That is a freaking good blueberry pie. Again, you aren't lying. It is. You might not like blueberry pie. You might not like apple pie. But if you like either one of those two things, you're gonna love those. And and those that of is you in the studio that are thinking, "Hey, I got to get a bite of that." Oh, think again. Mm, that blueberry is really good. Okay. Uh, next you up, taking another bite of the blueberry. <laughs> I, didn't eat it. I didn't. Okay. Right, so next up, let's go in the limelight. It's a tart and sweet key oh, lime yeah. custard with cream cheese. Topping. Ooh, that's, that might be good. I know a key lime pie, that's a Florida deal, man. That's Everybody thinks they can make key lime pie. Yeah, key lime, you know, right, here we go. Oh, forced to eat a bunch of it in Florida. Mm. That's not bad. Not bad for a lime. It's good. Key lime pie, I like for about three bites. It's a mm -hmm. little too much for me. I know. Um, I like the, the idea of the cream cheese topping here. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's why I had to go back to the top. Mm-hmm. It's good. It adds to it. Because it cuts it a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good key lime pie. It's not my favorite pie, though. Uh, let's go to next. Um, smooth operate? No, we've got uh, Cloud Nine. Three-layer cream pie with house... This one sounds amazing. House-made salted caramel, butterscotch custard, and brown sugar meringue. In a flaky crust. Sorry. That's got to be this one, right? That's this. Yeah, this big tall one here. Because this is this one we had last time. I don't know if you guys have. I think this, this is a new oh, one. This is a new one. Where's that? Oh, okay. Where's the show? Oh, oh, I mean, that look. Gosh. Look at that. That's look a, at that. I mean, that looks unbelievable. Look at that. Mm. All right. Mm. Yeah, I don't believe I could eat anything more than one or two pies. Of this one or two pies of this particular kind. Mm. <laughs> That's good. It's it's really it's a heavy butterscotch. If you like butterscotch a lot, I do. Um, that one's called Cloud Nine. Uh, very good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's 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 really rich though. Like I mean, that's a, it's well, a bit overpowering. Good. The blue, uh, blueberry, I think, is my winning one right now. Yeah, the blueberry one because it's like a blueberry lemon. It's really good. Okay, last one we have here is called uh, Doctor Love. Now that's Dr. also Love. obviously Jeffy's nickname. Oh, yeah. In case you don't know, um, Doctor Doctor Love. That's me. Uh, this one is a red velvet know, chess pie. Like a pie and a brownie had a baby is their description. Now, I will say, you know me. You know I love the red velvet. I pie. know. This is, uh, this is your pie. This is this is what I'm talking about. And if you kind of see, you got a little red velvet. It's like almost a red velvet cake in the middle. Yeah, it is. Like a little blondie maybe on top and then the pie crust on the bottom. Oh, man, look at, look at that. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough, love, enough looking. Let's let try me a little red velvet from Dr. Love. Mm. Mmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um, it's actually a little bit more chocolatey than a typical red velvet, which I like. Um, it's a what's weird delivery for red velvet. It is what that's called, Doctor Love. I know, but what is the actual what's in it? It's red velvet. Do you listen? I just no, I didn't. That's why I wanted to hear. Doctor Love, a red velvet chess pie, like a pie and a brownie had a baby. I heard that. What else did you say about it? Though? I'm gonna try another bite of that. Let me try it one more time. We'll and then we can the, rank the pies. We'll, we'll think about ranking the go pies. Back to the blueberry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Here's how I go. This is tough. I'm gonna try one more blueberry. I'm gonna try one more blueberry. I get the blueberry one more time. I think I'll be set. Mm. Give me the full ranking. Oh my gosh. So oh, good. That's really good. Ah, man. Crap. Okay. <laughs> I'll go. I'm trying to think. 
All right, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, what's you your, no, your, your number one? Your number one? Yeah, you go blueberry. first. Blueberry. Blueberry. Blueberry number one. Blueberry one. Out of this. Out of this. Mm-hmm. Blueberry number one. Apple. It's kind of a tie between the the butterscotch and the key lime mm-hmm. with the with the cream cheese, and your red velvet is last. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'll go one apple, two blueberry, Ooh. three red velvet, four uh, butterscotch, five key lime. Um, a key lime is a really good key lime. It's just overpowering. I know. The, I, I could bring key lime above the butterscotch. Both of those were really rich and a little too rich for my taste. Um, the red velvet was good, but a little weird. It's like a weird delivery system. Mm-hmm. Pie is a weird del- well, a delivery system for red velvet. The two kind of traditional fruit pies are freaking out of this well, world. Sure are. I wanted to really like this butterscotch one, too. There's something about it. I don't know what it was. I see you're testing it just to find out because you want to well, take another bite. Hello, that's what we're here for. Um, by the way, uh, Glenn, and David Barton coming up in just a second. I will say, though, Stu, that mm. all these pies. Oh, my God. Not only. Yeah, I'm one apple. Lord mm-hmm. of the pies, baby. Not only mm. do all these pies um, taste better with ice cream, mm-hmm. they also taste better Don't with milk. Don't you do it. David Barton on slavery, the founders, and how they deal, dealt with it. Black heroes you've never heard from, a nerd heard from, and also Constitution. Does it a key to chain or freedom? So we have gone through the relics that we have in the vault uh, and pulled some things out and when I say to David, start from the beginning, he says, sure, 1890. 1893. That's okay. the beginning. Uh, we say 1893 because that's the year of this desk. This desk was in the U.S. Senate in 1893. It belonged to that man, William Cox, who was the secretary of the Senate. So this was the secretary of the Senate's desk. All the bills going through the Senate. Right when here. I, when I said to you, because I knew it was from the Senate, I don't know who he is, but as uh, as I looked at this, I said, look at the ink that has been spilled on this desk. I said, imagine the documents, and your response? All bad. All bad. All bad. Ah, there might have been a good one in there somewhere, but overall, from civil rights perspective, from black history perspective, all bad, all bad. And he represents a real shift in the nation at that point in time. And nobody, nobody thinks about 1893 with civil rights. It's huge. So to get 1893, let's back up to how all the civil rights stuff even started in America. And you do that, you got to go back to 1619. 1619 in Jamestown, Virginia, you have 19 indentured servants arrive. Now, books say that's the beginning of slavery. Well, it was indentured servants. They worked for a certain number of years, and then they're free. This is so people understand. I was just in Haiti. That's happening. That's again. happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it's being accepted again. And to put it into perspective, some people, very few, but some people are being sold in to families as indentured servants. And it's an okay situation. You're still a slave. You're still a slave. But it's an okay... For a certain number of years, you're a slave. Right. Until you're 20 or something. I would, I'm dead set against it, mm-hmm. but it's not what you think. However, what's happening in Haiti is most of those kids sleep on the floor, 
eat mm -hmm. like dogs, serve the family. It's the Cinderella story. That's right. So indentured servitude was accepted globally. 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 And it wasn't slavery, but you had 19 African Americans who were indentured in Jamestown. One of those folks actually became the first black slave owner in America. He himself was black. So the story of slavery in America begins okay, so, with a black slave owner of black slaves. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So he was a indentured servant indentured when servant. he came in. He becomes free. He, he becomes free. free. And then he buys slaves. How did he go from indentured servant to slaves? How did we, how, how did we all of a sudden say slavery was okay? Was it well, in the law? You, know, you, you to... just kind of said the Cinderella story. It's kind of a thin line between indentured servant and, and slavery. slavery. Yeah. Now, granted, indentured servant is seven years or however many years mm -hmm. it was because you didn't have the money to have passage over. Now, see, the problem, problem too with slavery in America is we weren't going to looking for slaves. Dutch traders traded anything. You give me this, and I, you know, it's, it's like uh, those little corner guys in New York City right. trade everything. Yeah. And what happened was Muslim slave hunters in Africa would raid all these African villages. They would take these Africans and sell them to the Dutch. The Dutch say, we'll sell anything anywhere. So they might sell Africans over here and bring back linen from over here. Right. And, and so that's how slavery came into America was, was Muslim slave hunters were putting slaves on Dutch ships. Dutch ships come to America and we trade. Still happening today. Still happens today. Not happening with the Dutch trade, but it's still happening today. The, Muslims the, believe. The biggest source of slavery throughout all that era was Muslims. Okay. They were the ones who were capturing all these blacks. The Amistad story, John Quincy Adams. Those were all, all the folks on the Amistad ship had been captured by Muslim slave hunters out of Africa who put them on that ship and, and were sending them to Spain. We encourage you to do your own homework because David just said a mouthful that is so politically incorrect. One, first slave owner in America was a black man. Um, no judgment there. It, it just was. Slavery is a human problem. Yeah, it's it does, not a, it it's goes not a race across problem. all colors, all lines, Correct. all people. And then you say that, like, for instance, the Amistad, those were all captured by Muslims. Politically incorrect. Don't take anything that we say on mm -hmm. this show gospel. This show Check is to make you that's say, right. wait a minute, I, I want to know. But go to original sources. And that's why, that's why we're bringing in the table. That's why we're bringing in the documents and the things in the vault to be able to show you, here it is, the original document, the original story, now go check it out for yourself. That's right, exactly Do right. your own homework. That, and that's key. Okay. And, and that 1619 is going to get us to 1893 eventually. Okay. But you take 1619, so that's where slavery is introduced. Now notice it's a southern state, it's Virginia. And so you have the southern state settled first, you have Jamestown, your next settlement is up at, at, with the Pilgrims in, in Plymouth, and following them... They had slaves? The, well, this is the next place where slavery gets introduced, is okay. in the north. And at that point, you have the pilgrims who arrive in 1620, and in 1630, you have the Puritans who arrive. These are the Bible guys. If, if you right. want to say it, they're the evangelicals. Th yeah. These are the other religious guys down here, but these are your evangelicals. Who's on the Mayflower? Mayflower the, was... Evangelicals? Evangelicals. Yes, okay. And, and you know, I use that term loosely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. people know the, what These are the ones. The, the, these are the, the Bible Puritans. Thumpers. That were they were calling them Puritan as a slam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're so, so pure. pure. That's yeah. right. You're you're so right. holier than right, that. Right. And, and they were they were dead set on living by the Bible. These are the these guys, guys down here is whatever the church says. Yeah, we right. got preachers, we got ministers, we go to church, but we really don't read it that much. So the Mayflower people are the ones we celebrate on Thanksgiving. These are the guys 
who I can't imagine would be okay with slavery. Well, slavery, the, the, you have the, the Jamestown colony taking slaves, and now they're bringing slaves about 1643 up into the New England colonies. And these are all the Bible thumpers up there. I'm, and I say that since they actually know the Bible and they try to live by it. Yeah. They, they try to do their economics by the Bible. And They're the people that were not following the state church. That's right. And, and they are the ones who had great relations with Indians because they would only purchase land from Indians. Yes. So what happens is now those slaves come to those folks and they go, ooh, time out. Uh, we have here in, in Revelation that it says we see at the end time gathered around his throne are all these people from all nations, all tribes, all languages, and they're all worshiping him. What's this deal about having slavery and having colors? And we don't do that. And the other thing is, you go back to what um, the Bible says in Acts 17, Paul says we're all of one blood. And so these nutty guys in New England had this crazy idea that there's only two races in the world, those who know God and those who don't know God. And it wasn't about color. So slavery comes to them they freed all the slaves and prison the slave owners. They said, you're not going to run slaves in here. Do you know in Massachusetts, there never, never was a time when blacks could not vote in Massachusetts. They've had voting rights from the very beginning. No idea. Because, see, that, that should be their license plate. First that should be their vote. license plate. That's right. First in vote. That's right. First, first in vote. And so civil rights in that, in that era up there. And about 1680 or so, you have John Wise who's preaching sermons, says all men are created equal. They're all endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among which is life and liberty. That's in the Declaration. Exactly. But it was preaching a sermon there. The founding fathers took those sermons, reprinted them in 1772, and then guess what? They end up in Declaration, 1776. So that New England area up there, that's where you don't find... You'll eventually have slaves that come in because individual people moved there, carried their slaves with them, whatever. But as a policy up there, pilgrims and Puritans put their foot down. So when the slave traders went up there, or the people who had slaves, let's say I lived in Virginia and I moved up and I took all my slaves, what happened? Were they allowed to have their slaves there with them? Yeah, they had their slaves there with them, and that's what led to... And were to those blacks as slaves allowed to vote? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if they were allowed to vote in, in Massachusetts or not. That's a good question. Okay. I don't know the answer to that. But I know that as a policy in Massachusetts, blacks could vote. Okay. And it had been that way, as a matter of fact. Um, but women could not. Women could. Women could vote. It was property owners that voted. And you often voted as a family. See, I, I have to tell you, I had an argument with somebody just recently about this. And uh, I said, taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And in, the, in those days... That's what it meant, property owners. Mm -hmm. That meant because you had property, you paid property tax. Am mm -hmm. I not mistaken? That's it. Okay, so taxpayers should be the ones who vote. vote. That's right. If you don't pay, I mean, if you pay a penny in tax, mm -hmm. you should be able to vote. But if you pay no income tax, you shouldn't have... Because you're telling everybody else what they're going to do with their, their money. money. And see, that was, that was why in, in colonial America, you had to be a landowner to vote because money comes off your property taxes. And if you don't have property, I'm telling you how much I'm going to tax you so that you can Correct. pay for... That Correct. doesn't, that doesn't and, hold and up. And creates what we now, we now have. And see, what happens is professors say, oh, the rich white landowners. Mm, no, time out. It was all colors who owned land. And by the way, in Pennsylvania... They made it easy to own Land was a penny an acre. They wanted you to own land, but once you had skin in the game, now you can vote, and you're not likely to vote higher taxes on your own property. Now, see, if I'm only renting stuff 
and Don't you're care. paying property taxes. Don't care. You're paying for my school education right. for my kids. It's, uh, I'm renting stuff. I don't have any taxes. Correct. I pay no property taxes. So that's why they had that philosophy. And that's why you, if you go back to the Bible, you remember when they were dividing up the land and there was a group of, of ladies that came and said, hey, we don't have, we're not married and we don't have husbands and there's no brothers in our family. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do for it? And Moses or Joshua said, you get an inheritance just like everybody else. So they were landowners. And in New England, if you were the landowner, there was no husband in the family, no brothers, what you vote. I mean, it was you, you vote on the basis of property. Now, they, you have to think of it more in terms of it's kind of like a family voting. Mm -hmm. you know, so the guy is going to be the one who votes most of the time. But it's, it's not this big, hard policy that, oh, you're a woman, you can't vote. No, there are examples in New England of if you were a lady, then own property, and you're, you're the lady of the house. Yeah, you, you can vote. So blacks, ladies, all that, but we don't cover that in, in history today. No, I mean, again, we've made it for very political rigid. reasons. Yeah. it's easier to to shave the truth. It is um, on that. Okay, so so you find the country now starting to develop in north and south. It actually there's north and south, and there's a buffer zone. You've got three southern colonies that are hardcore pro-slavery. Mm -hmm. You got most of the colonies in the north that don't want slavery at all. And it's the colonies between there that are kind of mixed. And so what happens is you kind of have a mark of division. People can say the Mason-Dixon line, whatever they want to say. But there is this mark of division. And the policies are real different between the two. Uh, down in the south, this is property we're talking about. Up in the north, that's not property, that's people. And so down in the south, slaves are my property. And totally different policies. I'll also point out up in the north is where most of your Bible people were. Down in the south is where most of your church people were. So it's the opposite of what it is now. It, well, it, it really is. It, it really is. And a lot of that happened after Sherman's March of the Sea. There was kind of revivals that took off in the mm -hmm. south, and they got their heads together. Um, so you have this moving forward. Now, as you come into the American founding period, you have 13 nations. And each nation has its own policy on slavery. We're not a nation. We're, as a matter of fact, Massachusetts is made up of three states at the time. Maine is part of Massachusetts, and the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and the Plymouth Plantation Colony. So Massachusetts is actually three Man. states, if you will. You, you have Vermont is New York. The, even though they're really not together, that's the same colony. Wow. So you have, you have all these separate things. They all have their... They were so much nations, you actually had those colonies that would fight each other over their borders. You had shooting fights. I mean, it's not like we think of today of driving from Texas to Oklahoma or from or Kansas to Arkansas. Different. It, it's it, back then. It's like driving from Poland into Germany or a different nation. So they all had different policies, and those different and policies. Different uh, uh, diff yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so now you get them together at the Constitutional Convention, or you get them together in the Continental Congress, and trying to make national policies for 13 nations. Hard thing to do. Yeah. And so at that point in time, in 1784, Thomas Jefferson, in the National Congress, Continental Congress, introduces a bill to abolish slavery in every colony. We're not going to have any, any colony in America. Now, we're not a nation yet. But 1782. 84. 84. 1784. It missed by one vote. Wow. Missed by one vote. And he, he writes, wow. oh, to God, that he would have changed one heart. You know? and, and so he goes into this lament of how close we came. We could have ended slavery, and we missed it by one vote. That's 1784. Where was that one vote from? Uh, it was, I, I don't remember the state. He wrote about it. Okay. And it was, it was a vote. 
Um, then you move to 1789. Now we're a nation. We have the Constitution. We'll talk about the Constitution later. We're going to talk about whether it's constitutional change. 1789 is the first federal anti-slavery law. You have the 13 states that have come in with their own policies, but now we're going to be a nation. And George Washington signs a law, August 7th, 1789, that says, okay, here's the deal. All this territory we've got out here, we're not going to allow any slavery anywhere in any federal territory. We've got slaves in the South. We've got some slaves elsewhere. Here out, as we grow, no more slavery. That's the first federal anti-slavery law is signed by George Washington, 1789. And that really is the the match or the strike pad for what would come later. That's it. The Civil War. 